Hey guys, welcome back to the Instant Serendipity Podcast. I'm here with my friend Rusty, and we're back with another Tuesday Testimony Tape. So we're really excited. He's from First Baptist, Arkansas, um, and he's got a wonderful testimony. We can't wait to share that with you guys. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, Super excited to be here and kind of share my story about how God has brought me to a point um, of victory in my life. And uh, super excited. Yeah, so we're going to get started quite soon. Um, So go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. So um, I'm 43 years old. I'm from Hope, Arkansas, originally from Hope, and uh, moved all over the place, quite literally within the state. wanted to kind of share my story with you. Uh, I actually grew up in First Baptist Church in Hope. Uh, That was my home church. I was literally uh, born in the pews, as they say. Uh, And uh, just growing up here, uh, enveloping myself in uh, the teachings of the Word, and was very active in my youth group here. Um, That was a big part of my life. Uh, But a bigger part of my life was football. I played football since I was seven years old. And it was a huge part of who I was. Um, Football was every thought, every action, everything about me was football. So in senior year, I was uh, playing a game ended up getting hurt. Um, College football was kind of out of the out of the picture for me there for uh, after that and really I had lost every aspect of who I was. Um, My entire identity was wrapped up in football and the acceptance that comes with that So when I graduated high school and went to college, even though I had followed Jesus for uh, my entire life, I accepted him as Lord and Savior at nine. um, And like I said, was super active in youth group. Even though I had um, taken those steps in my life and was following Jesus when I went to college, um, like I said, I had lost sense of every, every bit of who I was. So I was looking for acceptance and found it in the wrong places. Ended up going to... So just start at... Like you said, ended up going to... Ended up going to uh, a lot of college parties and quickly found that I was being accepted as a partier became a pretty heavy drinker um, and it started down a downward spiral in my life. Uh, it didn't take long before I started experimenting with uh, marijuana and then got introduced into the harder drugs. Um, you know, really, it, it really took a toll on me physically, mentally, um, emotionally and spiritually. Uh, the root of my addiction was as a, a young boy, I, um, I 
really struggled with um, having to deal with sexual abuse uh, from a neighbor and never told anyone about uh, what had happened to me as a kid. And we'll, we'll come back to that, but um, really what I was using uh, drugs and alcohol for was to uh, just deaden everything about me. Um, you know, emotionally, I did not want to be there. I was uh, quite literally using drugs and alcohol to numb myself, my, my feelings. I didn't want to deal with life on its own terms. So just doing what I could to uh, deal with um, life, as they say. So uh, it ended up taking me into a 17-year addiction to drugs and alcohol. And I was really uh, doing some pretty uh, pretty unspeakable things, um, in and out of jail, in and out of rehabs, and um, really God decided after 17 years, okay, it's time, you know, it, it's time to put the brakes on, it's time to change your life, and it's time to uh, get you refocused on me. So I was sitting in the Hempstead County Jail, um, and uh, I, God just spoke to me in that moment. Um, you know, you hear of the foxhole prayers. God, if you get me out of this, you know, I promise I'll, I'll uh, you know, follow you for the rest of my life. I'll do whatever you ask me to do. And I've been there. I've done that. I've prayed those prayers a thousand times. Uh, but God just told me, he said, I did not create you for this. I created you for something better. And... Um, in that moment, I decided to say, okay, um, I will do whatever you, whatever you want me to do. So God called me to a place in Conway, Arkansas called Renewal Ranch. And it's a year-long faith-based uh, recovery ministry that really uh, focuses people off of um, their, their reason for using the past hurts and really uh, you're able to step into that new identity in Christ and let him heal the hurts and the wounds. So I uh, ended up going to Renewal Ranch uh, and God changed my life drastically in that moment. Uh, they saw something in me that I couldn't see myself and uh, they offered me a leadership position. So I ended up going to uh, stepping into a leadership position where I was uh, in charge of the phase one campus and stayed on staff for uh, a number of years. And God just really put in my heart a, um, a heart for ministry and particu particularly uh, recovery ministry. So one day I was down here in Hope, uh, living in Conway, and my friend and pastor that I've uh, known for my entire life, uh, he said, yeah, have you ever thought about being a youth pastor? And I'm like, well, absolutely not, you know, but uh, let, me, let me pray about it. And um, that was another thing that I just had to take to the Lord and really seek if that is the direction that he wanted me to go in my life. 
So um, God, God called me into this position. Um, he put in me a heart for kids because really I'm a big kid myself. I love to have fun, I love to laugh, I love to joke. Um, and it's a drastic change from the way that I used to be. Um, I used to be just kind of this numb, lifeless person uh, that didn't have a purpose in life. And uh, God just put a new heart in me. And um, before too long, uh, after being on as the youth pastor, um, God, I was ordained into ministry. And it just proved to me uh, just how real God is, is to take someone from, uh, from a situation like I was in and give him a new heart, give him a new life and a new purpose. So um, it's pretty awesome uh, just to see the uh, power of, of God and how he can uh, change, uh, literally turn uh, beauty from ashes. And um, so that's kind of my story. Um, I'm also a part of a recovery ministry here in uh, Hope. Uh, it's called Banner Hope Center. And we have uh, been in contact or we've been helping uh, some guys through their, their journey of um, accepting the Lord, turning to the Lord and uh, changing their life also. So uh, it's been good. Um, Hope Arkansas is full of broken, uh, downtrodden people. And uh, we desperately need to see uh, God move in a mighty way in this community. And I truly feel like that is one of the reasons that he has called me to this place. So hopefully I can do my part in furthering his kingdom here. Mm, what a wonderful testimony, uh, and uh, I love how you're talking, and uh, one of the points that you said that really struck me is like, um, when God was calling you out of those addiction times and different stuff, he said, uh, and you said something about God did not create you for that purpose. Um, so when you took a step into, um, you know, following God and living to what uh, we were called to do, uh, which is like worship God and love him and love people um, and through all that everything else that we are called to do um, you you uh, you were talking about how you you feel like a, a child and that's such a wonderful thing to hear because you come from this place of feeling numb and empty uh, but when you follow God um, the joy that comes out of that uh, just because you're working and you're functioning as you were originally intended uh, by God, and that's just a, a beautiful thing. So yeah, I mean, addiction is selfish and self-seeking. Uh, whatever benefits you is the interest that you take, uh, but Jesus came to serve and not be served, uh, even though he's king of the world, you know? Uh, so um, it's cool to take the mindset of addiction and just completely flip it over on its head and say, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to uh, you know, follow my own desires or follow my own selfish uh, things. I'm I'm here to uh, do what Jesus wants me to do, and it's been it's been cool. So, yeah, that's fantastic, and uh, I think you see a lot of times um, addiction stops uh, when, like you said, um, 
your selfishness stops. Because when you said that story uh, popped in my head about one guy, uh, he, he smoked his entire life, it was normal. And uh, when he had, he had a kid, he was like, I'm, I'm done, uh, I'm not. And he, he never picked up another cigarette. Um, and a lot of times when people just say, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop this addiction because it's destroying me and I'm, I, I need to be a better person. Uh, I think a lot of times um, we fail to see fruition out of uh, that method of coming out of addiction. However, when you come to a place where you're like, all right, God, I'm, I'm giving you my life and I'm going to live for you rather than um, just uh, surrendering, hey, I feel bad, uh, please fix me. It's like, God, uh, I'm broken and I'm, I'm done trying to be the best for myself. I'm going to be the best for you. So. That's good. Yeah, it takes a, uh, a place of, of being at your rock bottom. There's nowhere to turn but to look up at him and say, God, you know, I can't get myself out of this, but you can. So, um, How were you introduced to, like, drugs and alcohol when you were younger? Like, was your family addicts? Did you grow up around that with your family? Um, like, how did that how – did, how did you walk into that path? Uh, it's – Honestly, I couldn't tell you. Um, you know, my, my parents are God-loving parents. You know, I grew up. Uh, they, they separated and divorced when I was young, but never really grew up into a life of addiction. I didn't know uh, kind of what that looked like. And that's one thing that you run more and more into in recovery ministry is that uh, some of these guys never had a chance uh, you know, they grew up with parents that were addicts. They grew up um, just in these horrible situations that, you know, normal people, um, I put that in quotations, but couldn't wrap their heads around. Um, I had a guy that um, I really grew close to, um, and his dad uh, shot him up with meth for his 16th birthday and said, it's time for you to be a man. You know, just crazy stories like that that you, you couldn't even fathom about people that have, have struggled with addiction their whole life. And it's not just them personally, but it's been their family, and it's been in their family for generations. But, you know, in my situation, I didn't, I didn't grow up like that. You know, it was just something that really the enemy saw a, uh, a link in my armor that was just loose it was empty and he took that and uh, ran with it and so really my first experience with drugs and alcohol was in college so that's how I was introduced to it how is your relationship now with your family and the people that you love is it did that was that something that was broken that you had to slowly recover so that is definitely one of the biggest ways that uh, Satan tried to use that against me. Uh, as I started following Jesus, as I started getting sober, he was always saying, uh, you know, you've done this, you've gone too far, you're, you, you hurt uh, the people that you love or love you the most, um, and there's no way that you're going to be able to crawl out of this. So... Um, yeah, it was years and years of hurt that I put my family through and had to slowly regain, regain that trust and regain um, just that, that, that relationship back. 
Um, you know, that's a common misconception, and I was the same way as uh, in recovery. You know, you get a couple weeks clean, and all of a sudden your family's supposed to trust you again. <laughs> you know, and you've been clean, or you've been in addiction for years and years and running them through the ringer. But, hey, I got two weeks clean. Uh, I'm, I'm good. You know, why don't you trust me? Well, you know, it takes a long time. But God is faithful, and he promises us that he will restore the years that the locusts have eaten. And um, so it's super cool to see him do that, you know? That's, that's really cool. Elijah literally just looked up that verse to read it as you quoted it. Um, I do have one more question. If you could tell yourself something from however long ago you struggled with this, what would you tell people now going through the same thing? Um, well, don't lose hope. Uh, addiction leads you to a place of hopelessness. It also leads you to a place of comfort where you feel like that's all you know, so that's how you're going to continue to live. Um, it's not who you were created to be. Um, and I think that that's one of the ways that the enemy keeps us in that place is because he says, you know, this is your home now. Uh, addiction is your home. Addiction is your normal. So let's just stay here. But, you know, um, in that new life, the, you know, 2 Corinthians 5.17, God says, you know, uh, those who believe in Christ, they're a new creation, you know, and you see that over and over again in recovery ministry. When guys start to grasp that, that identity of being a new creation, that they can start over, that they haven't gone too far, it's the most freeing thing in the world, and I went through that too, is to understand that, um, there is the ability to start over. There is the ability to live a life worth living. So it's good. That is so fantastic. Thank you so much for um, being vulnerable uh, and coming on to uh, the Instant Serendipity podcast. Um, Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. One quick question. I'm yawning, so it's taken me a second to speak. But... What do you think, looking back now, can you see where God was in the midst of all of that to where you are today? Like, and you're married, right? Mm -hmm. Did you meet your wife before, after? Like, how did God work in that season of your life as you struggled? And then on top of that, do you believe that marijuana is a gateway drug that people are always content with? They're like, you know, I'm just smoking weed. It's not that bad. But in reality, they're not going to be just content with that forever, that they are always going to want something more because it's not... The fulfilling thing they actually need. Okay. So, okay, what was the first one? How did you see God work in your life through? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's really cool. Um, you know, I, I sh briefly shared my, my story on abuse that I dealt with. Uh, when I was a leader at Renewal Ranch, um, when new guys would come in, I would share my story. And... Uh, more than a few times after I shared my story, I would have guys come up to me and say, I've dealt with the same thing. And it's so good to see that you can get past this. You know, this doesn't have to define your life. And I knew in that moment that God used all of my past for his purpose. And, you know, so, yeah, I may not have the best story leading up to it, you know, as far as all the junk that, 
um, I put people through, uh, but to see how God was in the midst of that the whole time, you know, even it was to just teach me a lesson, you know, uh, bring me to that rock bottom, bring me to that place of full reliance on him. Um, I, I think it's, it's good. So, uh, yeah. Did you, did you go to therapy for anything like that? As it, did you like went there as a kid? So yeah, um, there was, you know, counseling therapy. It's awesome for stuff like that, where you have to, um, you've lived with these, these hurts and these, uh, these horrible trauma situations in your life that you've been through, you've got to work through that with someone. Um, I think it's good to, to really just have a, uh, an ear to listen as you kind of work your way through um, uh, he, a healing process there. Yep. Um, as far as my wife, yes, uh, my lovely wife, Brooke, um, we actually met... Um, Right after I had gotten a shoulder surgery, I cleaned up for a little bit, and the surgery, uh, the um, pain medications that they gave me uh, caused me to spiral back out of control. So I hid my addiction from her for a while until uh, I couldn't any anymore, and uh, when I went to Conway to get help, and for the years that I was there, she was right by my side, and we were actually just dating in that moment. Like, we hadn't been married yet. So, um, you know, God definitely used her to help me in my recovery because, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's awesome to have a support system, so... Um, and what was the third? What would you tell people that are sticking to marijuana because yes. that's just what helps them in the moment? Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it's a slippery slope with, with, uh, marijuana, especially with federal, these federal regulations, you know, kind of going out the window and everything. Uh, I'll put it this way. And I get that asked this a lot. Uh, do I think... Uh, marijuana is a gateway drug. I respond as yes because it was for me. Um, ever met everybody's different, uh, but it, it definitely was for me because I was chasing that next high, the better and bigger thing, and that's just how my my addiction drove me. So, would you say most people that you like encountered in rehab and other facilities? also started off with something as simple as yes. marijuana? Yes, so every now and then you would find a guy that would be just alcohol. They're an alcoholic, they've been alcoholic for years. And you know, what's crazy about that is, you know, it, it's a, um, you know, it's, it's legal, it's socially acceptable, so it's okay, you know, um, as far as alcohol. But yeah, I would say 99.9% .9 of guys started with marijuana and then that led to other things. So, yeah, thank you so much for sharing. And then, last question, what is your life verse? My life verse, uh, it is Psalms 30, 11 and 12, and it says, You've turned my wailing into dancing. You've removed my sackcloth, and you've clothed me in joy, so that my heart may sing and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will praise you forever. And that defines my life to a T. So. That's awesome. Um, thank you so much for sitting with us and doing this. You're very welcome. And
thank you for being willing to have your story shared to help other people. Hey, I, I, I hope it does. So um, that's what uh, God has called us all to do, to, to share hope. And uh, hopefully, you know, someone will hear this and know that it's not the end of their story. Yeah, Second Corinthians talks about how even though we have heavy afflictions that they're meant to help other people in their afflictions. And you mentioned earlier, you were like, I may not have the best story, but something that I've like took a long time to learn is your story is no less than anybody else's and it's no greater than anybody else's because your story is the story of redemption and how God brought you to him. Your story is your story. You so, know? so yeah, never think that your story is not good enough or maybe your story is too boring or maybe your story just has too much because your story is quite literally how God found you. It's good. So It's good. All right. Thank you guys so much. Of course. Elijah, do you have anything? No. All right. Well, we'll see you guys later. Bye. Hmm.